You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk with Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young on ESPN Radio 94.1. Good Saturday morning on this final Saturday of January 2023. It is January 28th here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk, powered each and every week by Larry King Law. If you're injured in an accident, you know who to call at 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D for Larry King. Matt Hatfield here with you. have the coach, Ed Young, as well. We've got Richie Somerville on the other side of the glass steering the ship for us today. And uh, Ed, good morning to you. Uh, we were hoping to have a big celebration tonight. Birthday cake. We got to put the cake on hold. We got all the balloons. They're on hold. Last night, you got down 19 in a game against uh, your Southeastern District counterpart, Grassfield. Battled back. Valiant comeback. What did you score? Was it 35 points in the fourth quarter? Something like that. And fell by three to the Grizzlies. It'll go through the high school score. So you remain two victories shy of 500. For folks that don't know, we talked about this last week on the program. Some milestones have been made here in high school hoops lately. Darnell Dozier of the Princess Anne Girls got his achievement of his 700th victory last week. Uh, Earlier in the month, Robin Dotson out at Central Wise got his 700th win on girls, and we've called a couple of his state championship games. I think you called the one last year, in fact, where his freshman led the scoring for them. Uh, Rick Cormany moved into second place all-time for wins out at Radford High. Billy Pope at Northside High got his 600th win. And uh, so you're two wins away from becoming, by my count, I think you'd be the 21st or 22nd VHSL boys basketball coach to get to 500 wins and like the fifth in the area. Jack Baker, who coached at Maury. Walter Brower, who coached at Hampton High. Of course, uh, Bill Cochran, who coached at Salem, Kempsville, and Green Run. Uh, You can throw in Taft Tickman, by the way, who coached at Kempsville, although most of his 500 wins were out of state in Maryland. And uh, you are two wins away. But good morning to you, sir. Uh, we'll get to the scores in just a second. I know you are uh, getting through that one from last night. you got another game tonight to get closer with 499 potentially as you play host to, is it Warwick at, is it 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock? What time is that game? Uh, 5.30. 5.30. 5.30. Good morning to everybody out there, um, to you and uh, Richie also. Yeah, we, uh, I'm not in a good mood from last night. The only good thing is we have a game tonight, so i got to let that one slip out of there and get ready for uh, Warwick. Um, what are you now for the season? Are you ten and four, ten and five? What's your record? Something like ten that. And five. Ten, ten and five. five. Okay. And uh, with that side note on that last night, after the worst half of basketball, I will say, and I'm old, so I can't remember all every game, but I would have to say you'd have to show me a performance, defensive performance, that bad in my coaching career, including elementary school. Um, that we put on last night, giving up 52 points. Uh, now, consequently, the second half, we came back and we actually missed a three-pointer by my best shooter, and it wasn't a desperation shot. It was a re- legit three-pointer. But that would have tied the game and sent us into overtime at the buzzer. We hit the front of the rim, um, which blew my mind because I thought at that point we were down 20. Uh, we were only down three. And... Um, we just didn't come to play at all, and I would give a tremendous amount of credit to Grassville head coach Eric Johnson. They were sky high for us. It showed from warm-ups to the end of the game. Um, he made some good adjustments that we just didn't do well. We had got guys in foul trouble. Bad coaching decision, I think, on my part for the young coaches out there. I set three guys in the second quarter that had two fouls each. Now that I, in retrospect, uh, I probably should have played one or two of them because um, – 
we needed him out the court, but uh, I, I played it too close to the vest. And uh, now as I look back on it, that was my fault, my mistake. And uh, we just didn't play no defense. I, that's We pride ourselves on playing defense, but we've given up 80 points a game in our last three games. That's not prideful at all. But hopefully the youngsters will show up with a different mindset today. If they don't, um, there'll be some trades. Some wire moves trades. on Monday, trades, cuts, releases. You don't have NIL yet at your level, but, well, there is another no, level. Be Unless some, it's Bronny James we're talking about. There'll be some, tra- well, we can't trade high school. Well, we just cut him. We just cut him, that's all. All right. Or we'll fire the coach. One of the, we have to get one of something. We got to do something to get, no, get back No, they're not going to fire you. Not yet. They want to make sure you get to 500. Then they might then they might say, hey, he got his party, he got his cake, he got his milestone. Let's go. No. But, uh. Good game for Jared Myers, who had 26 points and 14 rebounds, five threes as well. Toa Hollenbeck, who's going to Christopher Newport, by the way, with uh, Coach John Kerkorian, who's been on the show before, 22 points. And Kenny Williams Jr. had 21. Before we get to more scores from last night and fire up the music there, let's tell you what's on deck today on the program. We'll have a couple of special coaching guests with us scheduled to come on the show. Philip Sims, who we remember as a quarterback at Oscar Smith, record setter, Princess Anne High, set to come on at 10 25 this morning, named the new head football coach at PA. Hard to believe. We were just covering him, it feels like, just a few years ago. And uh, he set the record for passing yards and touchdowns when he graduated at Oscar Smith. And uh, he'll come on to talk about his new situation at PA. And a guy we thought was done, and you called it when he came on with it. He said, you're never going to retire. You're, you're just too good to do that. Tommy Riemann, we call him the quarterback whisperer because he's had so many great ones. You think of Michael Vick, Marcus Vick, Aaron, Books, uh, Aaron Brooks, and so many others. He's now the new head football coach at Denby. And Tommy's been in Newport News before, obviously coached at Warwick High School coached at Gloucester. He most recently was the head football coach at Lancetown, and he's going to be the new head football coach for the Patriots of Denby High and Newport News as Tommy is slated to join us in the 11 o'clock hour. North Dallas 42, by the way, right? What You love that. Is that, that your top five or no? Top 10? No. no, it's not in top 10? No. It's, it's a good move. Now that I don't. It's on your occasionally watch list when you're... Occasionally watch. All right. So that's on the program. We'll also have some playback interviews from some high school games this week. This was like the first week I was home enough to go to three games in a week so we've got a couple we'll try to sprinkle in this morning throughout the program. And uh, maybe some trivia, too, as you've got uh, the guest last week. Was it David Driver who came on David, the show? David Driver uh, graciously sent us some extra copies of his new book, uh, Hoop Dreams in Europe. Um, sent me a copy, you a copy, and I looked through it. There's some good stuff in there about some uh, local players playing over in Europe. It's not an all-inclusive book of every single American in Europe, but it, uh, it's a handful, and it's, it's a good read. For anybody who's a true basketball junkie, this would be a good thing to do. You can call in. Uh, I don't know if Matt's the trivia setter-upper and answer a question. We'll get we'll get maybe one out here. I don't know. We maybe get a couple. We'll see. It depends on you, the callers out there. You can save one even for next week or the coming weeks as well. So a 757-687-9494 will get you in here. All right. Let's fire up the music, shall we, Richie, as we go through the high school hoop scores from last night across Hampton Roads. And uh, where do you want to begin? And we went through your game, unfortunately, to start earlier. But you want to go to the southeastern, the rest yeah, of the we'll, SED? Yeah, we'll, st- we'll stay southeastern. We'll stay south. All right. Your uh, former coaches, Paul Hall at Western Branch and Craig Frost at Deep Creek. They were victorious last night. Your next district game is against Craig Frost and Deep Creek coming up on Tuesday, which could, by the way, folks, be the milestone win 500 for Edge should he win tonight and beat Deep Creek on Tuesday night, but last night it was uh, Craig Frost Hornets of Deep Creek defeating Hickory 71-67 to behind Jabari Brackett's 27 points. As for Western Branch, they were playing that surging Great Bridge team, which had won eight in a row, had that thrower with Ed last week. 
They fell short against Kings Fork on Tuesday, tried to prevent a two-game losing skid, but Scott Bigby's Wildcats are having a good year. They came up short, though, however, last night against Western Branch, 71-61 to as Paul Hall's Bruins prevail behind 18 points from Ellis Wright. Ellis Wright's been one of the breakout players in the district that's this year. Nice, that's a good-looking kid. Now, y'all don't do all-district anymore, right, which is another story, another rate for another time. Don't get time. me started. I'm already steamed, Alice. But don't get we, me steamed again. But if we did, he'd be a first-team consideration guy, I would say. I think he could be in, right. the, in that running. He's a, a slick shooting uh, about six four. Just got to put on some more meat on his bones. But he is showing. Uh, he's only a youngster, so he keeps improving his game. He's going to be very good, and I dare say Division One level. 18 for Wright last night, 18 in defeat for uh, Christian Brown of Great Bridge. Also in the Southeastern District last night, they keep rolling along. Their only losses have come out of state to some nationally ranked foes. The Kings Fork Bulldogs ranked number one in the area by the pilot, also number one by us on virginiapreps.com in Class 4. They were victorious last night, 72-48 to over Indian River as Sam Brennan had a double-double of 22 points, 10 rebounds to go with five assists. Sakai Darden with a double-double of 20 points and 10 rebounds. Hard to beat, Ed, when they have their guard and wing players get Double doubles. We're not even talking about post players, but Brandon, a guard getting 10 boards and Indian River falling short of team you beat earlier this week on Tuesday night. So, uh, Kings Fork, dare we say they beat Oscar Smith last week? I'm not sure anybody in the district picks them off at this point. I, I don't see it. They, they score from all five positions, they defend all five positions, and as you just said, now they rebound. And it might be true for the Kings Fork girls as well last night as Soraya Griffin had another triple-double, 34 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists for her. She's getting recruited by a whole bunch of schools, ACC programs. I know Old Dominion here locally is recruiting her. Just a junior. She had 34. Indian Rivers girls had 40 as a team, and Kings Fork wins it 100-40 to 40 as the reigning Class 4 state champs put five players in double figures in that impressive victory. Another route for Maurice Fafana's team over there. Maurice, uh, or Maddie Lee Masters of Western Branch had 13 points to lead the girls past Great Bridge, 49-36. to 36. Another one of your former players who coached with you on the boys' side, I think he played for you in college, Leroy Skinner, his Nance River girls win it 57-47 to 47 over Grassfield. Uh, freshman Jordan Richardson with 33 points, five blocks, five rebounds, four steals. She's been one of the best freshmen around this year, Edis. She's had, I think, about 21, 22 points per game in the last month. Playing really well, and again, she's just learning the game. Um, she's going to another one to be excellent, and then uh, the vultures stay off of her, and uh, the vultures will keep her, and um, she she'll be she's going to be very. Uh, you cracked me up with the vultures. Keep the vultures away from the food and the players. I don't want to leave out Oscar Smith, both on the boys' and girls' side. By the way, they were victorious on the ladies' side. Samira Edens with 13 points. They beat Lakeland 48-39. to As for LeVar Griffin's boys, 63-50 to over Lakeland as Kareem Stagg, the sophomore, with 20 points, 7 rebounds, 5 blocks. Oscar Smith boys will be in action next week, by the way, at Virginia Wesleyan in our Virginia Preps Classic. We'll tell you more about that as we move along here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk here on ESPN Radio 94.1. All right, I think I covered the Southeastern District. Where do you want to head to next? We never do it man, this early. Give me Bay Rivers. Bay it's Rivers District. By the way, we've got an interview clip coming up with uh, George Pickett of Lafayette High School. Alma mater of our man, Richie Somerville, in there. Lafayette, a winner on Wednesday over Smithfield. We'll hear that later on. And uh, last night on the girls' side, Lafayette wins it over York, 50-29. to Sarah Lynch with 18. Alexis Blake with 13. As they get it done, by the way, Jasmine Piggott, 12 rebounds there for the girls of Lafayette. Pocosin edges tab 45-43 to behind Annabelle Simmons' 25 points for the Islanders. Warhill girls, a winner, 56-27 to over Bruton as they get it done. And on the girls' side for the Bay Rivers, uh, Mason Blaylock with 23 points as Grafton beats Smithfield 70-60. to 
to 21. As for the boys' side for the Bay Rivers district last night, uh, interesting game. Bruton beats Warhill 54 to 38. Brandon Freeman with 16 points, seven rebounds, eight assists on Monday night. By the way, Bruton will play host to Lancaster, number one ranked team in the state in Class One, who's undefeated, one of just five unbeaten's on the year. It's rare you see the out of district matchups this late in the year with teams during the week. It's usually on a showcase on a weekend. So that's an interesting challenge for Bruton. You talk about getting some major points should they win that game. That would help them immensely in Class 2 Region A, but beating them is going to be a tall task. And secondly, that region tournament's pretty much decided because John Marshall is the number one team in the country by Max Preps in 2A, and they're beating people by more than 40 points per game right now, Ed. People in Class 2, let me just tell you this. It's a heck of a race for a second who's going to lose to Marshall in the state title. Write that down. That's the way it's going to be. You don't like it, do something about it. Can they can they leave the region and go like to 2B or 2C so they can get to the state tournament? I mean, but they do take two teams, which is good as opposed right. to football. They'll, they'll take one, take so. two. But everybody's playing for the right to play Marshall in the state title Class A. And I know I've got some coaching friends out there, and I know they'll be mad. This is the radio Ed Young talking, not the coach Ed Young talking. So handle it the right way. But Marshall is that good. They are. Let's go to some other scores, and we'll squeeze in as many as we can. If you don't see them, we'll have them up for you on our scoreboard later on today on VirginiaPreps.com, the entire state list, uh, with our link through the Dropbox, too. All right, Smithfield boys beating Grafton 58-56. to So Chris Brown's team responds from the tough loss on Wednesday night to beat Jeremy Jordan's Clippers behind Sekou Fry's 14 points. They had four players in double figures, so Smithfield now 16-4 overall 15 and 1 in the BRD. All right, where are we going to next? The peninsula? You want to stand outside the water or go to the privates, the beach, the eastern? What do you think? Yeah, let's save gas and stay on the same side. Save gas, Ed says. Big matchup last night. It was sort of the build as the showdown in Hampton Roads. The Minchville Monarchs. Good to know Lamont Struthers, who came on with us last Saturday. The former NBA player and CNU great did not have the jinx of 757 Saturday Sports Talk. By the way, Dave Mesito doesn't want to come off us anymore because he came on with you before Christmas, and he's been in a tailspin ever since he beat CNU. Oh don't want to talk to you anymore. Oh All right, Minchville the winner. Dave. Yeah, Minchville the winner over Kikatay in 69-56 over the Warriors as they get... Four players in double figures, including Jordan Watlington's 16 points. Kikatan had a 10-game winning streak. It is now out the window with that win by Minchville over Kikatan. No surprise in that. You sort of expected Minchville to stay unbeaten, although they have a tough one on Tuesday night as they play host to Woodside, who's been mighty, mighty strong. Yeah, that, those topsy-turvy teams right there uh, banging on each other. Uh, it, that Kikatan lost, but they're going to be in the regional, regionals for sure. And Menchville is a solid candidate for a um, 5A state title. So go out on a limb because you love to do that. Will they be unbeaten next Saturday when they take on W.T. Woodson at 3.30 in the Virginia Preps Classic? Yes or no? They're playing Woodside. Woodson. Woodson. No, but Woodside Tuesday. Yeah, and then Woodson on Saturday. Woodson, Woodside. Too, many, too much. Back-to-back back Woods, if you will. Where's the game Tuesday? It's at uh, Menchville. Menchville by th- Three by three, you say. I'm gonna say Menchville by three. All right, Stefan Welsh is taking notes, and by the way, his team beat Gloucester last night, 99 to 30, as they keep rolling behind Trevor Smith, the University of Richmond signee. Heritage a winner over Phoebus, 77 to 63. Hampton boys victorious over Warwick, 73 to 33, a double double for Jalen Wynn with 26 points and 10 rebounds. And Bethel a winner over Denby, 70 to 42. Jason Williams with 19, check that, 14 points and nine steals, also seven assists for Craig Brehan's Bruins. They could be the team that's chasing you and a couple others for that final seed or seeds 
in Region 5B come playoff time. We shall see. Uh, by the way, uh, the Minchville girls have to give them a shout-out as the defending state champs continue to stay hot. A winner over Kikatea, 98-26. Yame Colson with 24 points and a 10-rebound effort double-double for her as they prevail in that matchup. So that pretty much covers all of the uh, scores that I'm what seeing. About, what about um, we do Peninsula girls besides Minchville? Uh, I've got a couple more for you here. I don't have – I'm missing a couple, but I've got Heritage over Phoebus, 51-44. to 44. Andrea Lasseter with 24 points. Jada Jackson had 20 points and 12 steals. I think she had like a triple-double last week. 75-11 to 11 over Denby in that one. I'm missing uh, the Hampton-Gloucester girls, which, by the way, I'm not sure – not Hampton-Gloucester, Hampton-Warwick score. So they might have not played that game, haven't got a final – if you have a final, tweet it into us. So there you have it. Uh, all righty, where are we going to next? Well, let's go to let's go to the beach. In the beach district last night, on the boys' side, Princess Sand victorious over the Kempsville Chiefs, eighty-three to sixty-four. Styles Clemens, the freshman, with nineteen points. Devin Askew also with nineteen points as they get it done. First Colonial pulls the upset as they knock off Green Run, forty-six to forty-five. Two free throws in the final fifteen seconds from Devin Miles as the Patriots hold on and win. They had a fifteen to two lead to begin the game, lost that in the fourth quarter, but they recover and get a win. Salem over Tall with sixty-eight to sixty-three as Lloyd Deloach's Sun Devils. Follow up the win over Grassfield on the road on Wednesday with another win over Tallwood. Jaden Green with 22 points to pace them there. Cox over Ocean Lake 73 to 26 behind Ben Nacy's 21 points. And on the girls' side in the Beach District, uh, Darnell Dozier's getting 700 plus wins. Sagaya Stevenson, the Ole Miss commit with 29 points and eight steals as the Lady Cavs beat Kempsville 65 to 41 last night. Salem girls over Tallwood 61 to 29. Lansdowne girls over Bayside 75 to 43. And uh. I think I skipped over. Oh, first Colonial Girls over Green Run, 39-33. to I think I skipped over earlier by mistake the Lanstown boys, who also were a winner last night, 55-32 to over Bayside. Deshaun Spellman, that smooth-looking freshman, 24 points for DeWright Robinson's Eagles in that one. All right, and that leaves the Eastern and the Privates, right? Let's go Eastern. Eastern District last night, big matchup. You'll hear from Coach Brandon Plummer of Maury coming up here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk. His boys a winner over Lake Taylor, 47-41 behind MJ Pullum's game-winning free throws. Norview over Norcom, 66-52 as Rick Foster's pilots notch their sixth win in a row. How about this one last night at the Booker Dome? It was overtime, a thriller. Booker T was down 18, forced overtime, but they came up short against Churchland, 87-80 as Sincere Jones had 30 points, 12 rebounds, 5 steals, and 5 blocks and that one on the girls' side in the Eastern District. Jonathan Wilson's ladies win it 87-30 to over Norcom behind Diamond Wiggins' 22 points, 11 rebounds, and 8 steals. Manor over Granby, 97-22. to Jada White had 39 points. Yes, 39 points for the Manor girls. By the way, the Manor boys also a winner over Granby, 53-27. to And the Lake Taylor ladies under Coach Sandra Sawyer, they prevailed. Got a very young team there, but they're looking... Like they're improving here at right time of the year. 49 to 21 over Maury as Lamari Bud led the way with 18 points and six steals. Let's squeeze in the private schools that I'm showing here that I have in front of me. Catholic is 21 and 2. Bobby Steinberg's team will be in action next week in the Virginia Preps Classic. Braden Thorne with 10 points and three assists. And Catholic beats Walsingham last night 51 to 37 over there in Virginia Beach. And it looks like we have two more private schools on the boys' side. Atlantic Shores over Broadwater Academy, 74 to 34. And Hampton Roads Academy over Veritas, 75 to 44. That'll wrap up all the scores. And we'll quickly see if we can squeeze in on line two here. Uh, we'll actually get them back later on. Our buddy Keith will call back in later in the show. We'll take a timeout and come back with Philip Sims, head football coach of the PA Cavaliers. It's next on ESPN Radio 94.1. 
This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk with Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young on ESPN Radio 94.1. Back here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk, powered by Larry King Law with the Coach Ed Young. I am Matt Hatfield and Ed, we're delighted to be joined by a special guest. A lot of you around Hampton Roads know him from his days, slinging the football as the quarterback of the Oscar Smith Tigers, went on to play Alabama, UVA, even in the NFL. And now he's the new head football coach of the Princess Anne Cavaliers in Virginia Beach. We say good morning and congrats to our pal, Philip Sims. Philip, good to have you on the show. Congrats on the new position. It seems like it was just yesterday we were watching you throw touchdown passes down the field to Tim Smith and those guys. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It definitely does not seem like yesterday to me. It seems like all so, but uh, has some good memories and glad to be back in the area. Great opportunity yeah. sure now uh it's interesting you've been coaching before for those who don't know at uh jr tucker high school in the richmond area also john marshall in richmond now you're back here in tidewater tell us uh first off before we get into this new situation what you gained from those experiences as a younger new coach and you had some success at times there yeah we definitely were able to, to have some success um turning some programs around and the main thing that you learn um <laughs> I guess as players, we don't really see all the nuances that go on behind the scenes, um, all the things that are done to, to make sure everything operates smoothly. And um, just getting the experience um, with with kind of the, the underlying issues and programs and some of the things that nobody really knows about, just gaining some experience doing those things, and, and whether it be fundraising, whether it be uh, weight, off-season weight programs and travel um kind of just getting all this stuff organized and situated and making sure that the program runs as smoothly as possible. Hey, Philip, Ed Young here, too. Congrats on getting back to the area. I'm like Matt when he said we got Philip Sims on as coach, and I'm like, was that his dad? I said, uh, this kid, I thought this is kid's still a youngster slinging the ball all over the place. But congrats to you, and you have been there. And listening to you as an older coach, you're right, because something else I want to throw in there is that you got to worry about is, all the shenanigans that you young guys did back in your day as a player. He never did that, though, no. Yeah, yeah. I heard some Philip Sims stories. Um, some of the things you all do and, 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 and chasing the girls and um, wanting to cut this class and not working hard in there. As a coach now, you got to clean all that up and, and try to get these young male minds focused on uh, playing together as a unit on Friday night. Absolutely. Um, like you said, when you're younger, I think everybody has kind of, been through those things as a young athlete and as a coach you kind of got to flip the mindset and kind of do the same things that our coaches did and that's kind of get our minds wrapped around the fact that we are doing something that that's not just going to help us today or tomorrow but something that's going to help us in the long run uh, as far as growing into a, an adult man and um, being a family man and being able to take care of your family being able to get an education and things of that nature uh, that's kind of the mindset that you've got to kind of got to flip that switch from from knowing and understanding what they're going through and, and what they're doing to kind of getting them to understand um, the holistic piece of it, uh, that this is a great opportunity for you to change your life and, and change your family's life. Now, Phil, of course, you played it. You played at Oscar Smith. Let's give everybody where your background comes. You played at Smith, had a, one heck of a career. I know you don't I want to probably speak loudly on yourself, but had a heck of a career. Pick us up from what happened after Oscar Smith all the way up until through your, your uh, any playing after Oscar Smith, of course, college, and then uh, 
early coaching and right what got you to PA? Um, well, after leaving Smith, I was fortunate enough to, to have the opportunity to go down to Alabama and, and spend a couple of years playing there uh, under Coach Nick Saban and, and winning a national championship and playing with some a lot of NFL talent and, and kind of learning the not just the game at the college level, but learning the business side of, of college football at the highest extent. Um, after a couple of years there, I was able to, to spend a year at UVA. Um, things just didn't work out the way that everybody had hoped. Um, we had some good things and, and some things that didn't go our way. Uh, so I was able to spend my last year at Winston-Salem State University down in North Carolina. Um, great opportunity to, to kind of take a step back from the, the, the glitz and glamour of college football and, and, and kind of get back to the, the basics uh, a little bit. Um, so I was able to finish out my college career there. Um, signed with Arizona um, as an undrafted free agent, spent a bit of time there, um, then spent some time in Seattle um, with the Seahawks. Uh, after leaving Seattle, went up to Canada, uh, spent a few months up in Canada uh, playing for Saskatchewan, and injuries and, and, and a litany of other things kind of derailed that and came on back home and People, I kind of got into just quarterback training individually, specifically. Um, and then the question starts to arise, uh, how about you get into coaching? How do you feel about coaching? And I was working as a counselor in Colonial Heights, and one of my supervisors was a John Marshall alumni and was on their JV staff there. And they had an opening, and he, he thought it would be a great fit for me. Uh, so I applied, and, and later – got that job and spent three years at John Marshall. Uh, we were able to turn that program around, back-to-back uh, -back playoff trips, um, winning records. Um, so we were able to do some really good things there. And then J.R. Tucker came calling, and it, was, uh, it, it seemed like a great opportunity for me um, to kind of branch out again and, and take the next step as a head football coach at this level. Um, we were able to do some good things there. Of course, COVID coming in and kind of derailing and slowing some things down as far as rebuilding the program. Um, but we were able to get into the playoffs in year two. Um, did some really good things, had some some success. Uh, this past year didn't go as well as we had hoped, um, but it happens. We graduated quite a few guys. Um, and then after the, after the season, it just came a point where I was looking for something new. Um, was looking to, to kind of relocate back to the Tidewater area, and the Princess Anne job came open. And I know Princess Anne from being in there, growing up in the area. I know what they've been. I know what they can be. Um, and we've seen very recently how successful that program can be. So it was definitely an opportunity that, that kind of piqued my interest. And going through the interview process and talking with the administration and talking with the athletic director talking to, to staff in the building and kids in the building, it's a place that's hungry for success. Um, so it, it definitely was a match uh, from that standpoint. And like I said, grateful for the opportunity, but we got a lot of work ahead of us to get the results that we're looking for. His name is Philip Sims. He's the new head football coach of the Princess Anne Cavaliers in Virginia Beach, and his name is in the record book of the VHSL 11 times, including as the all-time touchdowns pass leader with 119. He's our guest here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk on ESPN Radio.
94.1. And, uh, Philip, you mentioned uh, you were at Alabama. Nick Saban, the head coach there. You were also at Oscar Smith. Richard Morgan was the head coach there. Two very successful, demanding coaches. And uh, I know Coach Morgan's now down at Marietta in Georgia. has probably had a lot of uh, words of wisdom and advice for you as you've gone through this coaching journey. Tell us about what you've soaked up from those two individuals and how similar they are in terms of their competitiveness. Man, I think you hit the nail on the head. They're the the ultimate competitors. Um, they're going to have their their really really good times, and they're going to have some times where things don't work out the way that they hope or expect it. Um, but the competitive nature in both of them is what's going to drive them to to make sure that the next go around's a lot better. Um, culture is huge for both programs. Um, it was a way of life for us at, at Smith. Uh, that was how we were groomed. Um, and the same thing at Alabama is the culture. Uh, you'll hear guys talk about it all the time. Uh, past players at Bama, when they, they talk about their time, they just talk about the culture and the way that things were done and, and the business-like approach to everything you do uh, on and off the field. I think those are two of the biggest things that you can pick up from those guys. I mean, the the – the continued success that they both had and more at, at various stops uh, just speaks volumes to how they build programs, the culture they build their programs with. Um, I was fortunate enough to be in, in, in position to, to kind of learn from both um, and learn from all coaches that I played for. But uh, two, those two guys in, in, in specific were huge on my kind of my maturation as a coach Um I'm not going to be Richard Morgan. I'm not going to be Nick Saban. I'm not going to be Bruce Arians. I'm not going to be any of those guys. I'm going to be Philip Sims. But I think uh, as a coach, you, you it, it's a copycat game. You're going to steal from from people that you've been around. That's just the way it works. So Princess Anne isn't going to be Oscar Smith. It's not going to be Alabama. It's not going to be any of those. It's going to be Princess Anne, and I'm not going to be any of those coaches. But there are a chance that you see – some aspects of, of, of various programs involved in ours. Um, I, I don't think Nick Saban created the blueprint himself. He, he he took from Coach Belichick and other coaches that he had been around. So you're going to see certain aspects of various programs in Alabama, in Marietta, in Oscar Smith. So um, you, you kind of take from those and you kind of rebuild and, and remold things in your own image. And Philip, this Princess Anne program, uh, you mentioned they've had success here pretty recently. Made the playoffs just a couple years ago. I think they had an eight and two regular season. They are running a seventeen game losing skid at the moment. But uh, what's going to be the biggest point of emphasis as you take over and begin the summer? Because as you know, with some of these new programs, that player turnout such a big deal. Is that the thing, or is it something in terms of what you want uh, as far as how you all do things, conditioning wise and preparation wise? I think the two biggest things are going to be discipline and commitment. Um, that that's how you become successful in this game. Um, the player turnout, I'm, I'm really not too concerned with that that aspect of it. Um, we're expecting a great turnout for our, for our team this year. Um, that just comes along with giving the kids something they want to be a part of, um, and 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 the work that we put in that that's going to attract uh, a lot of young individuals that want to be a part of our program. Um, so it's it's just being disciplined in our work to making sure when we come to work that we're getting the work done uh, day in and day out and the commitment to excellence, the commitment to be successful, the commitment to win on and off the field. That's, that's the biggest part of it. Um, 
when you give kids something they want to be a part of, they tend to give it their all. Um, it, it, it's when you don't create that environment, create that culture that you, you tend to see problems arise. But for us, I think every program I've been a part of has constantly grown uh, over the time that we've been there and been a part of it uh, because we typically create an environment that the kids want to be around and want to be a part of. Now, Philip, when you obviously you get hired here now at PA, and of course you've had two prior hires, what are some things that you decided right off the bat other than, okay, you're going to, this is the culture I want to develop in terms of maybe meet with some players quick, obviously your staff, and if you could talk about any of the staff people uh, that you have hired and and go from there. Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, uh, the first thing you got to do is assemble a staff. Um, And when it comes to putting a staff together, I'm not one of those guys that that believes it's a popularity contest. I believe that you find coaches that are committed, uh, that are hard workers, that uh, are all about the kids, and they're knowledgeable. I don't know it all. I don't pretend to do, pretend to act like I do know it all. So I surround myself with coaches that do know, uh, that are very knowledgeable. Um, I'm, I'm not going to go into too much detail about the staff. Um, we've to this point we've assembled, assembled quite a staff. I'm very proud of the staff that we put together so far. Um, I will give you one name. Uh, a lot of guys out there figure that this is going to be an Oscar Smith reboot, and it's not. Um, but I was able to bring Evan Hales on with me. Okay. Um, so he's he's a name that a lot of people in the area remember. Uh, we were teammates at Smith. He was uh, had a great career. Was an All American. Went to Penn State, and unfortunately had some some medical issues that kind of derailed his career. But the knowledge that he's attained throughout the years. Uh, I know Larry Johnson was a defensive line coach up at Penn State, who he was able to play under, and a lot of people would tell you Larry Johnson is. The, the premier defensive line coach in college football. Um, so his knowledge, picking up things from him, and I know Coach Burnett was an offensive defensive line coach for us at Smith. He's one of the greatest coaches I've been around from a knowledge standpoint. And, and Evan is kind of uh, – I see a lot of Coach Burnett in Evan. Um, he's knowledgeable. He's energy, his energy is it's always been top tier. Um, so I'm great to, uh, thankful to have Evan on staff with us. Um, but a lot of uh, a lot of coaches on this staff have been in the area, um, have a lot of experience, are very knowledgeable, and they're all about the kids. So that's that's the the biggest thing is putting people around the kids that actually care. Ain't trying to use the kids for their own their own good. They're actually there because they want to be there. They want to help the kids out. So that's the biggest thing when I put this staff together was. We're going to be committed to excellence on and off the field, and we're going to be committed to helping these kids. That That's the two biggest things we've we've got to put first and foremost. Well, Philip, we're thrilled for it. Before we wrap it up, you said the name Scott Burnett, and you got a smile on Ed's face here, so I'm sure he has to ask you hey, something hey, about Scott. Phil, Phil, Scott Burnett, man, you, you hit my heart when you said Scott. We In his young career, we taught together at Norview when he was a uh, teacher at Norview, and, and he also uh, – Coach there, give me a Scott Burnett story. <laughs> I got to hear it. <laughs> uh, Coach B going to kill me. <laughs> Uh-oh. He won't, li- he won't hear this. I'm, we'll make sure he don't get this part. <laughs> no, man. Honestly, I don't have too many, like, outrageous Coach B stories. Uh, I think Evan, Evan spent a lot more time with him than I did, so he's probably got more stories. Uh, 
for the most part, Coach B was always on my side, and I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but we we had a few times where there was some errors that I made, and Coach B was was sure to correct me correct me on that and, and make sure that I understood what was going on. Uh, I know a lot of people thought I was perfect, and I was far from it. I made mistakes just like anybody else, and Coach B would definitely make sure that I understood that. Um, but Coach B, man, like. I've had the great fortune of being around a lot of great offensive line coaches. Um, it's really kind of been the common denominator in my in my career is being around great offensive line play and great offensive line coaches. And it started with Coach B. Um, I can always go back and reference Coach B and his teachings um, throughout my career, playing career and coaching career. Um, he was one of the real true glue pieces for us at Smith. Um I, I I didn't get touched a lot. <laughs> I really didn't. And yes, we were talented, but I think it started with with scheme and coaching, uh, and that goes back to Coach Morgan and Coach B. Those two side by side really created a monster for us up front and on the offensive side of the ball. And I I always reference those two. Uh, you'll I'm pretty sure you'll come out in CPA this year, and you'll you'll see a couple of Richard Morgan staples. And you'll definitely see some some Scott Burnett uh, teachings from our offensive line play. Well, people who don't know Scott Burnett, I always tell them, go watch the old King of Queens TV show. <laughs> All right, and and um, you're not talking uh, about Doug Heffernan, are you? Yeah, Doug Heffernan, Kevin James. Oh, yeah, Kevin James. There's uh, Scott Burnett on the sideline, and he he's funny off the field, but I know he's a serious competitor on there because he has done a tremendous job, and I. I, I, I was very honored and proud to be with uh, Scott. He kept me kept me loose every day. Absolutely, he, he definitely he he kept me going. I'll, yeah. I'll definitely tell you that he kept me going. He kept me on my toes. So, absolutely, man. And I'm not surprised at the success they've had down in Marietta, knowing though uh, knowing Coach Morgan and Coach B and, and a lot of the other coaches uh, down there on that staff, knowing their knowledge and, and how they go about their day to day. I'm not surprised. At at the success at all. Um, it was actually pretty expected. Well, Philip, thank you so much for the time today. We look forward to seeing what's in store for you and the Cavaliers, and we'll keep in touch. Thank you. I appreciate it. Make sure y'all come out and check us out this season. Uh, pretty sure it's going to be a season to remember for PA fans. There you go. Philip right, Sims, Phil, our guest here. You. Thank you so much. Thank you. That is the head football coach of the Princess Anne Cavaliers, Philip Sims, who, as we said, holds the record still with 119 touchdown passes, most in VHSL history. Our guest here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk. Ed, we've seen rebuilds. I mean, Kempsville and Green Run were at the bottom of the beach for years. Kempsville had the longest losing streak in the state just a few years ago, and they've made the playoffs back-to-back years. Green Run's won back-to-back region titles. I'm not proclaiming PA will do that this year, but Princess Anne, certainly with this hire that Todd Tarkenden, the principal at PA, who used to be the principal at Green Run, and, and that administration have made, you've got to feel like they are making an emphasis to put football on the map there again, which it has been in years past. It hasn't been always championship level, but they've had some good teams and players in years past. And I'm sure they had some decent people to pick from and, and, and picking Phillip. Now, they're not picking Phillip Sims, the great high school quarterback. Nor the, New York, nor the New York Giants QB, by the way. Right. <laughs> they're, they're picking the guy that is going to, based on his coaching, he does have coaching experience. Uh, at a couple places, and and he's done some good things with those programs, and now he's back here. Where, you know, my gut feeling is it's a good hire, and he'll get some. He'll get the kids out there. I think his name is still referenced, and I think kids will realize when they look at a little bit of his background. Uh, boy, this guy is a heck of a player, you know, and that that gets kids going. So I think they'll be all right. 
We'll come back and get some sound from the hardwood next year on 757 Saturday Sports Talk. It's ESPN. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk with Matt Hatfield and Coach Ed Young on ESPN Radio 94.1. Welcome back to 757 Saturday Sports Talk here on ESPN Radio 94.1, powered by Larry King Law. Matt Hatfield here with you. The coach, Ed Young, as well. Richie Somerville, other side of the glass. Before we get to some high school hoop sound from this week, 757-687-9494. We'll get you in here, and I think we've got Demetrius from the Northern Neck on the line. Good morning, D. How you doing? Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing today? Great show as always, Matt. Thank you. Doing all right. How about yourself? Good. I'm doing well. Just wanted to give you a quick Northern Neck High School basketball update. The Lancaster Red Devils defeated Washington and Lee, better known as Westmoreland, 58-39. And, Ed, last night at Northumberland High School, they honored Michael Stevenson for his over 33 years of coaching. He ended his career with 288 career wins coaching boys and over 213 coaching girls. It was a great night at Northumberland High School the people really turned out, and I know, Ed, you would be glad to hear that. And I appreciate you guys uh, taking the call this morning. Well, hey, Demetrius, I would have, you know, based on what happened to us last night, I should have definitely uh, <laughs> let the team in my uh, coach's hands and been there. Mike is a dear friend, true friend. And, coach and, with you, right? Yeah, he coached with me. Uh, was that at Suffolk High? Was at Suffolk High School, yep. And uh, left Suffolk High to go to Northumberland all those years. And I, I really, truly wish that would have been on a weekend or uh, even on a, a night I'm not playing. But I actually. Matt would tell you, actually contemplating missing the game to go to go there, and now I wish I would have because we were horrendous. Well, wait, you said two hundred eighty-eight and two hundred thirteen. So that means he's got Ed beat by one victory. Although Ed can be like Bill Barcells, uh, Bill Parcells here, Demetrius, and take credit for this coaching tree he's got with a guy coaching at Western Branch, guy coaching at Deep Creek, guy coaching at North Arm. He's got all these coaches, guys at like Ivan Thomas and Jonathan Wilson. Ed's like the the coaching whisperer in a sense. He's got all these guys on his coaching tree. And, of course, Ed would enjoy, you know, being a basketball coach. I think one of the greatest joys for a basketball coach is when you have your former players come back for a situation like that to acknowledge the coach who's meant a life, a lifetime for them and help steer them in the right direction and grow as men. I know Ed can appreciate that. And I will, I'll let that be my last word so you guys can get on with the show. Thank you. Appreciate it, Demetrius. Yep, absolutely. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head there. I think it's spot on. And uh, we transitioned from that to some hoop sound this week, Ed. Yeah, you know, we, uh, George Pickett, head coach at Lafayette, they had a big win over Smithfield this week uh, on Wednesday night, as a matter of fact. And then our guy right here, Matt Hatfield, had a chance to talk to him uh, at the Packer Dome after that big win. Let's see what they have to say here on ESPN Radio 94.1. I am here with Lafayette head basketball coach George Pickett. His Rams run it by a count of 80 to 62 of the Smithfield Packers on the road here at the uh, Packer Dome. 16-3 on the season, coach. Ten consecutive wins, and this is a mighty satisfying one. You come in here, yes, you're quiet, they're crowd, and you all came up with excellent energy. Never let up. Never let up put off the gas pedal. Yeah, that's what our whole game plan was. Don't let up. We let them all do it the first time we played them. They beat us by one at our house. We had to get our get back. And that game was a close loss in Wednesday, yeah, correct? lost by one. Lost by one. Yeah. Last time I saw you play in the Iverson Showcase over at Bethel, you fell to Mori in a game that was competitive for a half, bottom fell out in the second half. What was different about just the level of intensity? Was it the matter of first place in the district line, the kids were amped up for extra? Or? No, just getting better throughout the season. Basically, you got better, like, more confidence. You got way, way, you got way more confidence than you did when you played more. So more was a good game for us to see where we stand as competition-wise, what level of play that we can play at. They realize once we play more, that we get played at a high level. 
So we, t- we took that game, as, actually we used that game as our momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just speaking with Kamari Scott, who we'll get to in a second, he mentioned about that was a good measuring stick because they were in a state championship a year ago. What area besides the confidence have you been emphasizing with a team that you want to see improvement from? Um, mainly playing together. Because okay. none of these this, none of these guys really play organized basketball until the past year and a half. And, we, and us, my coaching staff, I have a great coaching staff. We work hard to get them in the right spots, learning the right plays, learning the IQ of the game. And, it, and it's showing. Mm-hmm. We're peaking at the right time, man. Aza Fahrenbach's been a good shooter for you. Carmelo Jefferson has like 22 points tonight, five assists, plays well. But the one that sold the story tonight, even don't want to leave out Jarquez Garrett, who's had some good games for you. Kamari Scott, 22 points, 23 rebounds. Hard to top that performance, huh? Yes, sir. It's hard. He had a good game. What, he had a couple games like that this year. Oh, that's, okay. That's, that's not his first game where he had that many points and that many rebounds. Maybe not in the same game that I can think right. of at the top of my right. head, right. but. He's, he's always been a force when he when his head is in the game. So he's, he's, he's a good dominant force that we need. What separates it? Just his want to, his desire on the court from yeah, other he, players? He plays with a great moral. He plays with a lot of emotion. <laughs> and that's, that's my point. And as long as he learns how to use that within the game, you're going to be fine. Because he's going to be a dominant force. It felt like your football toughness with him, Jalen Pretlow, Demarcus Lawrence, even when things got a little healthy stuff, they would get on a mini run and y'all had some turnovers, that kept you alive because you yes. kept crashing the glass. Yes, yes, that, that, that plays a lot. Yeah, we're a football school, so football toughness is a lot of what we got going on. We use that to our advantage. Sure. Last two, you're 16 and 3, as I mentioned, 10 straight wins. What are you most pleased about during this streak, and how good can this team be in your eyes? The thing I'm most pleased about is how much we came together as one as a unit. We started to move the ball a lot better. We started to go within the office a lot better. We started to learn each other at the right time, man. We're, we're, we're picking at a great time right now. It's the end of the season. Everything we just taking it one game at a time. We have three games a week this whole month of January. And one game at a time. We barely practice. All we do is watch film, study film, get them in the right spots. And, and they paid attention in the shows. Everything that they did tonight, we were prepared for. And lastly, coaches are always looking for that signature win getting close to the playoffs. You get it on the road against another hot team at nine straight wins. What can this do moving forward from it? Are you just saying this is one game, or can this really propel you guys on to making a run and come playoff time? Uh, I think this will make us a good, give us a good playoff run. We're not done yet. We still got you up in Grafton who's in the tight race also. So we're not done, man. We got, we got, once we do those two in our last game against that side, we did be aware about who's going to propel us and where we go. We, we will play anybody that line up in front of us. Right now, we're good. Well, an impressive showing for Coach Pickett and the Rams tonight. Thank you so much. All the best. All right. Thank you, man. So that was George Pickett of Lafayette. His Rams are rolling right now, 17-3. They beat Smithfield 80-62 on Wednesday, defeated York last night 54-47, 11 straight wins. It is 757 Saturday Sports Talk here on ESPN Radio 94.1. And in Lafayette has won state football and state baseball championships recently. I don't know if they'll win a state basketball championship this season, but they're going to be a hard out in 3A where you have a lot of teams probably viewed on a higher clip or plateau with Hopewell and Petersburg from Richmond in that region. Phoebus and Lake Taylor also in Tidewater, but... The story of the night was Kamari Scott, 22 points, 23 rebounds. You don't see that ever on a boy's stat line. Maybe a girl's stat line with some of these assists and steals and triple doubles we've been talking about on our scores, but that's a remarkable performance. Well, the 20 points to me is easy. The 20-some rebounds, if it's legit. And it not, was. I charted them. I well, if you yeah. did it, then I'm going to believe it. But if it's sometimes you get people Padding charting, stats, they yeah. pad it. They pad stats for kids or whatever. I don't know why we do that. It doesn't really make it. It's going to help them anymore, but. That's a heck of a double-double to a kid that uh, you said you did a little background check on him. He's a national honor student. Mm-hmm. He's a three-sport letter win- winner. 
and he has no offers in any of the sports. Not to our knowledge. 3-8 GPA, it's, it's incredible. I mean, but we've talked about this at length, and we don't have enough time to go into a deep rant, which I know you'd love to. But my goodness, some of this has been COVID-affected. You know, with basketball and baseball in particular, it's harder for some scholarships. Even football now with the, with the transfer, we're seeing fewer well, of these kids on the radar get seen. Unless you're on that radar early and you are a four- or five-star guy that goes to some of these camps, it's hard sometimes to get recruited. Of the, of the three sports, football, baseball, basketball, basketball is the hardest to get a D1 scholarship. Mm-hmm. It's le- a lot less to pick from. And baseball, a lot of Division One baseballs, they'll split scholarship money. Um, and football has just entirely too many scholarships at Division One level. I think it's like 95 scholarships. No, it's a joke. That many, no. They don't need that many. That money should be spent elsewhere. I think it's That's actually 105. Oh, is it really? That's a joke. Yeah. That's wow. an absolute joke. Nope. Half those kids never play. That's why the portal gets uh, overly flowing, and I don't want to get on a rant because I'm about to. But a kid like that, um, some schools need to see him. I, I don't know if he's Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. Probably more so on the baseball, maybe football side. And he came to Lafayette, I believe, last year from Southampton. Okay, that's where he transferred in from. Well, but again, that's a kid. That when, when you say NASA Honor Society and he's productive, and, and he's productive in three sports, he will be playing somewhere. Yeah, he definitely will. We got coming up next a name that we all know for many, many years here in Hampton Roads, Tommy Riemann, the new head football coach of the Denby Patriots. That's coming up next year on Seven Five Seven Saturday Sports Talk. It's your home for sports, ESPN Radio ninety four point one.